Hey guys, Osam here. Just very quickly before we start, Guillaume and I have partnered up with Automation Boutique to write a brand new ebook for you guys called Going Beyond the Buzzwords. It's an amazing ebook that goes through all the things about automation, data, and processing that just simplifies the topics just in the way that we do all the time in Corporate Treasury 101. To pick up your copy, just go into the show notes and click on the link or go to the website and find the partners page where we have a link to the ebook there as well with Automation Boutique. And then here's the episode. Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the third and final part of our full interview with Ernie Humphrey from Treasury Webinars, where we discuss how to develop your personal brand in Treasury. In this episode, expect to learn. Where do we start when we want to build our personal brand and what's the step-by-step -step process? When do we get to leverage and harvest the fruits of our personal brand? And what are the concrete actions our listeners can take right now to start shaping their personal brand? And of course, as always, much, much more. Really hope you enjoy this episode. One request to you all would be if you could please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101, where we publish much of the same as the episodes, but you get to see our faces. And that's always a really great part of the deal. And if you could subscribe, it really helps grow the page and get more and more people to know about Corporate Treasury and helps us boost the algorithm to make sure that we reach more and more people. So. If you love the show, please go and subscribe to us on YouTube. It helps us a lot. And with that, please welcome Ernie Humphrey. Ernie, move us into the how. So, treasurer listening today, of which many do, They've said, okay, yeah, really, I have, to, I have to up my game on my personal branding overall. Mm -hmm. What does that involve? Where do you start? Is personal band brand, I need to start posting on LinkedIn? Or how do I go about this? What's the step-by-step? -step? What I would do is very too systematic, but this is the way I do things. But these are the components of my brand. Your professional value proposition. Do you know what it is? If you don't, call me. I'll do it. 10 minutes. Describe that. What does that mean? Yeah. Professional value your professional proposition. value proposition is your elevator pitch. Why do you want to do business with me? Why am I important? How do I offer value in your relationship with me? So if I have you in an elevator, how can I convince you that it's important for you to invest in getting to know me on a professional level? And then that comes across your LinkedIn profile. You should make sure that's Sharp, there's a lot of free resources out there. Borrow from people. Hey, resumes, look at your resume. These are probably the two most important things that people don't tell you how to do. Your skill set. What's your skill set? What about your soft skills? What's your skill set? Where are you at? Where do you need to be? And then your network. This is a whole other podcast. Your network, there's so many dimensions to your network. You have a network at work. You have a network within your department. You have a network with your bank providers. How do you build your network? What is that? Okay. Who do I know? Who do I need to know? Who knows who I need to know? Yeah. And pay attention to that network as well. All of those are part of your professional brand and all of those deserve your attention and they all work together. One of the other parts of the system. So that was you explaining the yeah. personal corporate brand. What else? Yeah, I mean, to, they they meld together. In the ideal world, there's not a disconnect. Like I said, I don't have a business switch. 
-hmm. So you should feel authentic in your professional brand. So I tell people, if you're not outgoing, don't try and fake like you're outgoing, right? It has to be authentic. So how do you marry those things? A lot of times I know people, especially in negotiating and relationships, they're good at it and the personal level, but at work, like, do you not, you have a wife, right? Yeah. You have kids, right? You have kids, right? You know, that's the same, you know, same thing. Listen, respect, you know, so getting to marry those together uh, as much as possible. And believe it or not, me, I didn't never listen very well. When I started paying attention to listening professionally, my life's like, you actually kind of listen a little better. And I'm like, cool. Well, thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. So they should be feeding each other. And if the ideal world, they will merge together. Interesting. Do you think people are inherently born with the skills to build a personal brand? Or is it something that you can or everyone does develop deliberately? I think people are definitely wired uh, different ways. But I think a lot of people are afraid rather than they don't have the ability to do it. it part of it is the way you're brought up in. I, I don't think people are, I think people, my generation, were taught not to like toot your own horn. And that is the absolute worst thing you can do. You got to be able to toot your own horn. You got to be able to back it up. But there's definitely, if people are more outgoing, they might have a little bit. And I don't think they're better at it. I just think they have less fear. So as soon as you can get yourself over like the fear of failure, right? Everyone that meets me does not like me. I'm lucky if I'm at 10%. But I don't, I don't care. I am who I am, right? Uh, you know, I am who I am. I'm, I'm authentic. Uh, some people are having a bad day, whatever. So, you know, move on, uh, do your best. And if you put effort into it, you'll get there. I think being authentic helps. If you're comfortable with being authentic, I think that helps those who feel like they're more introverted by nature. But if you meet introverted people, once you kind of crack that shell, you ever been there? You're like, whoa, you've, you know, you're not, you're just kind of <laughs> haven't looked at that the right way. No one's asked you the right questions. That's very true. I think there is, so it's a bit difficult here because on the one hand, one would argue that developing a personal brand is getting yourself out there, going and go on stage and speak, have that discussion, post that thing on LinkedIn, post a picture of you on wherever, go speak to that CFO, go to that other treasury department. So it requires somehow to have a bit of an outgoing nature or at least forcing yourself into it. But on the other hand, what you just explained about authenticity, I like that a lot because you, you are unique in the way that you are yourself and that's what your personal brand should be focusing and based yeah. on. Yeah. So how do you balance that? Uh, for people that are a little bit more uh, introverted, um, I try and talk to them and give them specific tips. So one of the things I say is that if you are around someone that's more extroverted, you kind of get the ancillary benefit of them. And let's just say you're introverted and there's someone you need to connect with who's kind of has a bad demeanor. Somebody at work likes this person. So go to them and say, hey, I'd really like to talk to John. How do I do that? And then I tell people, having something to do with launch, can I take you to lunch? Mind if I ask you a question? There are kind of soft openers and part of it's just getting over the fear. You can be 
uh, authentic, but sometimes you're very scared and someone might bite your, bite your head off. You got to learn how to just kind of let that go and have confidence in yourself. But I'm happy to have conversations with folks. You're right. People always say collaborate. Nobody tells you how. So kind of it, it's trial, it's trial, trial and error, but being authentic, I just, my perfect example is if you never talk and you go out and start doing knock, knock jokes, people are going to, you know, wait, whoa, you know, so they, they're suspicious, you know, of something that's going on. So you kind of, in some ways you kind of got to ease into it a little bit. I don't think you can just like automatically, you know, flip that switch. So give yourself some goals, short-term goals. Maybe there's some low hanging fruit, just build your confidence and your success and then ask people for help. I mean, people are very generous. Hey, John, you know, all these people at work, what do you, how did you do that? And, you know, just take what you can from what someone else does that fits with your personality. Hmm. I like that a lot. I liked what you said there about uh, go for the low hanging fruit. I think a lot yeah. of it is getting over the fear of rejection or coming across as looking stupid. And so a realize no one really cares. Um, if they, exactly. if that does happen. People are more concerned about themselves than they are concerned about you. And, but the low hanging fruit is a really good one. So I remember once uh, a mentor of mine gave me advice. He's like, just go to the shopping mall and start talking to assistants at the store. You know, they're going to speak to you. You might be a customer, right? And just learn how to start talking with people and learn how to like, you know, get to get, get over that fear of going up to someone and asking for help. And once you do that enough times, it becomes really, really easy. And then you can go and start asking yeah. people at work for help and saying, Hey, how do I, how does this feature in our TMS work? How does, how do I do this thing in Excel? How do I, you know, right. send this, yeah. schedule this meeting in someone's in uh, calendar? Like, you know, these sort of little things that are two minutes, most people are willing to help, like you said. Mm. And on LinkedIn, I like to tell people it's, it's, if someone writes an article, if someone speaks, if someone makes an effort, they will always respond if you give them a compliment. That's and I, I'm happy to share with people as well the way I word my LinkedIn invitations, the way I, my outreach, but everyone likes to say, I really liked your something that I, so if you're like, this person's really important, it doesn't matter if they're whoever the greatest person in treasury is or whatever. If they, if you, I, I attended your session, it was really awesome. They will more than likely respond, respond to you. So I think the way you reach out to someone makes that fruit a little bit easier to grab, I would say. Mm. There's an interesting aspect of making your case in a big four, uh, from my experience, when you achieve the higher level of the hierarchy, like directors, principals, partners, and so on, is that, of course, how much money do you bring to the table in terms of billable clients, uh, business, but there is also, what are you going to be known for? And one of the stories I've heard from one of the partners is like, okay, I'm going to be the, the guy who, when he says that something's going to be done. No matter if I go an all nighter or if like it requires me to work 48 hours, I will get that done for you. Can you change it though, Ernie, in your experience? Like, okay, I want my personal brand to be this because right now it sticks to my values and what I believe is true and important. But over the course of a career, I mean, 10 years from now, maybe I will think something else is more important than like, okay, whilst this is still relevant, now I want to be renowned for that particular point. Subject matter expert, for instance, that's typically one. You can be a subject matter effect, expressory in AI, and who knows, maybe 15 years from now, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but AI is irrelevant that I need to be known for something else. So 
how do you go from, okay, right now I've developed a super strong personal brand on this particular point, which is benefiting me, but tomorrow I think I should change it or change a bit the approach. Can it happen? And how do you do that? It can absolutely happen. It needs to, this also needs to align, right? With your brain and where your career is and things, things where you find passion to like, love what you do. I think that's what changes it. So I've got a perfect example for me. It's still very important that everyone attends my webinars and that I have virtual events and that I'm known that people come to my events and they can earn credits and they think I deliver great surveys. But right now I'm starting a community for finance professionals. I want, that's my legacy. I want to be known that I gave back to the finance profession, that I'm the one that helped people realize that their social skills matter. No one's going to remember that I had 6,000 people on a cash forecasting seminar. They might remember my jackets, which is obviously very important to me. But <laughs> I think as you transition, as you let life take you to your career, not try and force yourself into going straight up the ladder at your company, I think some of those things all will become almost self-evident to you, but you have to decide what those are and make those happen yourself. So what do I want to be known for? Yeah. I mean, so I think that can absolutely change and people should aspire to own that and have that be dynamic and not have that be set in stone. How do you maintain it? If we take the other end of the spectrum saying, okay, changing is possible. That's how it happens. Personal branding is not like a one-time thing. It's not like, okay, I'm going to speak yeah. at that event once um, at the AFP talking about cash flow forecasting. And then my personal brand is there for, is there to stay for five years. You need to maintain it, nurture it, grow it. It's an ongoing process. So how do you achieve that? Like what's the right balance, investment of time, investment of efforts? How do you do that? For me, I make sure that I have time to devote to things I have a passion for, make time for learning. So if you would have known me over the last 10 years, you'll see that. I was doing treasury webinars. Oh, I also was a GCologist. I also am a stand-up comedian. I also do improv. I also, so it's, it's not necessarily a formal side gig. It's your mind. This is my mind's side gig. Follow things that you think are interesting or passionate about things that tweak your interest. They rev your motor you know, all the time. So make sure that you make time for that. And then you'll find the balance. So just in my business, I have, okay, I have my my clients, I got 50% I'm doing this. The other 50%, I want to do something totally different, whether it's treasury finance or not, it could be, I'm going to go on the road and do stand up and buy a bus or whatever that needs. That's part of my brand. That's part of who I am as a person. That's what makes me feel like I'm successful and growing in order to feel like you're growing. I think you need to follow where your passions take you and make sure you make time for that. Is there a particular aspect that is more important than the other. First, the first, the first thing that comes into my mind is, okay, do I want to be renowned for my interpersonal skills or do I want to be renowned for my deep expertise in name your hard skills here? Do you have a preference? Is one more important than the other? Can either be good as long as you play it well? How does it work when it comes to, okay, either being a technical expert or people's experts, mm -hmm. if that's the way to put it. I think everyone needs to find their balance. 
like you said, some people are wired differently. So becoming a technical expert may be a, a smaller climb for people and they may need that the, the personal part may be really hard or for other people, the personality part, the networking, that's easy. Mm -hmm. But the other part is hard. So you need to find, find your balance. It's almost the ROI uh, for your time and then find where you want to be, where you're comfortable. And I think it goes up and down, right? So I would say for me, besides the last two years, I spent a lot of time trying to get up to speed on automation, RPA and all this other stuff. And I had more technical focus, but now that I've seen all this AI, chat, GPT, BARD, I'm like, whoa, 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 people need help on the soft skills. So I think mm -hmm. that you can go up and down based on what you need, but also look at the ROI for yourself and focus on what delivers the ROI for you. And some things are just harder. Hardy, mm. thank you so much for coming on the show. Was there anything that we touched on that we didn't? give you the opportunity to express fully or you'd like to add to any things that we've already discussed? No, I, I really appreciate the depth of the conversation, the many dimensions of the conversation. I, but I, I just want to stress to people that a lot of people think it's much harder than they think it is uh, building your professional brand. Uh, I want to also communicate that I'm here to help people. Just go ahead and reach out to me if you want to learn anything more. Uh, about your professional brand and i would say with your professional brand be authentic and leave your ego at home great advice great amen advice. we'll put uh, all the links below what's the best way to find out more about you or treasure webinars i would say the best way is probably just to on linkedin uh my name ernie humphrey just go on linkedin and type that in hopefully you'll find me i'm probably second degree connected to most of you, because I've got like 2 million second degree connections. So <laughs> let's, let's make that a first degree connection. As much effort as you put into our relationship, I guarantee you'll get more from me. That's amazing. Ernie, the why Humphrey, which I like. All right. It's part of your personal brand. It's super cool. Ernie, thank you so much. Thanks a lot.